Welcome to Carolina True Crime, a podcast from WMBF News. I'm Brad Dickerson, Digital Content Manager. We're taking a deep dive into some of our area's most infamous crimes, some with clear endings and others where questions remain. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Carolina True Crime. I'm Brad Dickerson, Digital Content Manager with WMBF News, joined once again by anchor Eric Weisfeld. And Eric, we're going to be uh, doing an update, a pretty major update, on a cold case that we've been following for a while now, uh, the case of Sean Neal, the 23-year-old mother who was found murdered almost 25 years ago in 1996. Um, Where are we in this investigation? This is such a fascinating case. You know, this was North Myrtle Beach's only cold case for Mm -hmm. such a long period of time. We did this, uh, a cold case report on it a couple years ago, and it really, they never gave up hope. So this really is kudos to all of the authorities and officials who were involved in this case because they did not let it ride and they kept with it and they finally were able to solve it according to them because this case, a major update indeed, is now considered a closed case. Just to give you a little bit of background, this all dates back to June 2nd of 1996 when 23-year-old Sean Marie Neal, she was found dead again in a condominium at 3217 South Ocean Boulevard. And really, at this point, they had no leads. They didn't know where to go. They talked to her mother. She had a four-year-old daughter at the time. Mm -hmm. And it really was a heartbreaking case. But because they did not know where to go, despite their best efforts, that case actually went cold and remained solved, like you said, for so many years. Mm -hmm. And I know you and I have both, um, we both covered this case a few times in the past, and just here in the past couple years. And... um, they had a they had a break in the case just a few years back. What was it? it was November of 2017, correct? Yeah, and in so many cases, we're finding out that these older cases, back when DNA and technology advanced, technological uh, abilities were not there. Now, when they are there, it's bringing new light to these cases. So, in November of 2017, they used DNA they collected in cataloging, and they reopened Neil's investigation. Their goal was again to bring closure for the victims, for the family members, and just to serve justice. And that's what they decided to do. And they located several items suspected of containing additional DNA material. That technology needed to analyze the material was unavailable in 96. But again, in 2017, it was there. And, you know, believe it or not, it was actually a blanket that may have broken this case. Really? A blanket? Okay. And um, did they did they do the analysis themselves or did they send, I'm assuming they sent it along somewhere, correct? They did correct? to Richland County and the Sheriff's Department Forensic Lab there. They analyzed the lab, uh, the lab analyzed what they had just turned to into them and there was a DNA profile of a previously unknown suspect and that DNA profile was actually put through that national DNA database and it matched to a Ronald Lee Moore. So for the first time we have a name of serious mm-hmm. interest. Yeah, this is literally the first name that uh, we've heard as a suspect in this case and um, Mr. Moore, um, he's not a local man. He has um, he has ties more to the um, upper kind of almost the New England or further, you know, a little bit further up the East Coast. Uh, where Where is he from? What do we know about Mr. Moore? Well, we know that he had been named a suspect in a series of burglaries, unsolved sexual assault cases, and also additional unsolved homicide cases, mainly in Baltimore County, so in the Maryland area. This was in 1999. And also, a review of these case files revealed striking similarities between more suspected victims in Maryland and then also that Neal homicide right here in North Myrtle Beach. In fact, investigations show that 
Moore had really no ties to the North Myrtle Beach area, either as a visitor or as a resident, but they did learn that he had friends in Louisiana that he would visit. And so what they're suspecting at this point is while traveling from Maryland to Louisiana, he actually may have passed through North Myrtle Beach and the Grand Strand to commit that 1996 homicide. So it really was a case of being in the wrong place at the exactly, wrong time. Exactly, exactly. And as some we'd mentioned before, um, investigators said that uh, Neil was working as as an escort right. at that time. And um, so with this information about Mr. Moore, obviously, you know, we don't know for certain, but, you know, we would tend to reason that possibly that's how they came in contact. If he was traveling and that line of work, that's obviously how they could have come into contact. Absolutely. Possibly. And authorities are confident enough that they're saying they consider this case closed now. Mm -hmm. Just to give you a little bit of background on Ronald Lee Moore, because he has an extensive arrest record. His first incarceration was in Baltimore County, again, like we talked about. That was in 1986. He was also arrested for attempted murder in 96. He was also, in April of 2000, returned to the Baltimore County Department of Corrections to serve time for burglaries there. And then there was a, uh, he, he hung himself actually in jail in the cell there in Louisiana. That was in 2008. So that is the reason why there's so many questions that will never be answered because mm -hmm. he's no longer with us. He's dead. He died in 2008. Yep. That exactly. Was, what, 12 years ago. That's 12, yeah, exactly. 12 years ago. And as you mentioned, yeah, an extensive uh, criminal history, uh, prison history. And I know just looking over the information from the officers uh, in this case, they were talking about, you know, several burglaries, uh, sexual assault cases that mm -hmm. were tied to him, and even one unsolved homicide up there in Maryland as well. So, um, like you said, there's a lot of answers, I'm sure, that people would like in this case. And unfortunately, we will never get those answers now due to his passing away. But again, it's a case now that investigators say is now closed. It's now closed. And, you know, you got to think that that uh, Sean Neal's mother, her mm -hmm. four-year-old daughter at the time, they went for so many years not knowing what was behind this murder. They feared, you know, was it someone that was a personal vendetta? Did they need to fear for their lives? So even though we won't have so many answers that we would have had if Moore was still alive today, at least there's a sense of peace, I'm guessing, for these victims that Moore's no longer here, that the authorities consider this a closed case, that it probably was a case of being in the wrong place place at the wrong time and they can continue with what's left of their life. Sure, sure. And I know I spoke to um, uh, Kirsten, uh, Sean's daughter, uh, a couple of years ago when you and I did right. a cold case segment on this. Um, we posted this story when uh, it broke um, Tuesday, I'm sorry, Wednesday to our Facebook page. And sure enough, uh, Kirsten left a comment uh, where she thanked everyone who did not give up on this case and thanked them for working so tirelessly to you know, resolve this case, give the family a sense of closure, uh, bring a sense of justice as much as possible, especially in this case, to her mother. So, you know, all these years later, um, it's still something the family is still very impacted by. And it's, you know, they're thankful that uh, investigators did not give up on this case. Yeah, and it's not total relief, but it is a, a sense of a small simulation, I guess, of relief sure. for the victims of the family members who can at least now go on knowing a little more than they knew previously. And you got to give kudos to all the authorities. Involved Absolutely. It's almost, and maybe it was because it was the only unsolved cold case in North Myrtle Beach that they took such a liking or interest in this case and were not going to give up on it. And really that due diligence, really, that along with technological advances really did pay off in this case mm -hmm. yet again. Another case that was able to be solved due to advances in technology. Exactly. And you have to think, too, I'm sure over the years they've gotten 
a number of tips and calls in connection with this case. So I'm sure they would say thank you for everyone who called in with a tip or anything just to keep this investigation going to where they could get to the closure they had this week. Which is why we always ask if you know anything, mm-hmm. say if you saw something, please say something. You could be anonymous, but you just never know what your tip can do and can ultimately lead to the solving of a case. Exactly. Well, thank you again so much for tuning in. This has been another edition of Carolina True Crime. I'm Brad Dickerson, along with Eric Weisfeld. We thank you, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Carolina True Crime. I'm Brad Dickerson, Digital Content Manager at WMBF News. We look forward to having you back for our next episode.